Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O Hello and welcome to Talking Transfers from the Nightman Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Nightman's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, Nightman's top cat, Toby Cudworth, and Nightman writer, editor, and the Spurs man, Sean Walsh. As ever, we are here bringing you all of the latest on the transfer window, going twice a week, officially, from now on throughout the transfer window, because it is moving pretty fast. Toby, come to you first today. Sorry, you are on mute, knocking yourself off. How are you? Good. Yeah, good. Uh, we did some weather chat, I think, in a podcast where you're away, Florence. So I'm going to resurrect the weather chat. It's gloomy and it's not warm anymore. I know Graham's giving me a funny look, so it's obviously lovely up in the northeast, but not so much down here. Can you confirm nor deny, Graham? Yes, it's, um, it boards well for the test starting just down the road on Thursday. But yeah, it's, um, it's breezy but bright sunshine. That is what you come to tra- talking transfers for to talk about the weather, Sean. How's the office weather? It's all right, a bit mild. Um, it's meant to be a lot hotter this weekend for my birthday, so I'm glad about that at least. Sean, would you care to reveal your age to the listeners, or do you prefer <laughs> to keep that secret? I, I turned 26 on Sunday. Yeah, very, very. When I was 26, yeah, good age. Very good. Uh, enjoy yourself. You have another podcast to take part in before then. Uh, so we will give you official wishes on later shows. Uh, but yes, send Sean his birthday wishes on Twitter if it works. If you're listening. At Sean DZ Walsh. At underscore Scott Saunders for me. At Toby underscore Cudworth. At Graham Bailey for Graham. Graham's loving life with uh, verified status. Is he? Um, I don't like paying for it, but um, it is it is, it, 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 it is what it is. It is what it is. I have for work purposes. I have to pay. So, yeah. so I just a nod for you, Scott, to help me start paying for it. But um... <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> we had this discussion in the office a few days ago. Um, but yes, also it is worth yeah. it though if you do pay for it. It, it, it. There is there is a lot of benefits to it. Yeah, my rate limit exceeded has been hit about seven times over the last few days. Uh, but please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms as well. And also, if you like, I actually said follow me on Instagram if you want instead, because I'm going to have to start making content for Instagram, Scott Saunders89, uh, and TikTok at underscore Scott Saunders. If anybody else would like to give their own other social channels a shout out, feel free. If not, I'll move on. Yeah, no, you know what? I'm good, mate. I'm. St- I'm just a man of Twitter, and if that dies, then I probably disappear from social media altogether. Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Subscribe to any major podcast platforms, as I said. Nightman.com forward slash talking transfers for all the latest transfer news from us. Nightman.com for all the latest news in general from us. Nightman underscore football for all of the latest posts from us. That is including Twitter, if you can see it. Uh, but today we'll talk about Man United, we'll talk about Arsenal, we'll talk about Spurs, we'll talk Chelsea and their fire selling in the summer, getting their squad down from 45 million to 
a workable 23 from Mauricio Pochettino, possibly smaller than that, I would say. Newcastle have signed Sandro Tonali. We'll talk about who could join him and who could leave. We'll talk Liverpool and we'll talk Manchester City towards the end of the show as well. Let's start with United. Manchester United, that is, not Newcastle United, as Graham would uh, like to correct me on, usually. Uh, but well, you, you, you won the honour, though. You, won the, you finished the button. I did. So that got, is true. For, you, for those of you catching up now... You get the honour. Graham and I took a bet last season on whether Man United or Newcastle or Leeds would finish highest and the winner, the highest team in that league would be called or referred to as United. Manchester United, currently United. Do you want to renew the bet for the next season? Um, I'll take a look, but hey, I was laughed at when I made that bet and they gave you a really good run for your money. They but you still did. lost. So <laughs> they, did, they, they did, yes. But um, yeah, so you, you've, you at least you've earned the right this year, whereas last year, not quite. None of the, the, the previous years and decades of success earned that right compared to Newcastle's oh, trophy. It's the last 12 months, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Newcastle still without a trophy since when? Does anyone know off the top of the head? 1970. No, 19. Was it Bob Monker in the Fairs Cup? Oh, that's I that doesn't count. What do you mean? That you're, you're, is, he, is he away for Cup? It's not the UEFA Cup. UEFA don't count it as the UEFA Cup. The first cup was the UEFA Cup. They don't count it. It was like some import trophy. They do. They do count it. <laughs> right. The first cup well, was the UEFA Cup. Who will win? Oh. None of these teams are actually in the UEFA Cup this year. That's Liverpool. <laughs> Sorry, Liverpool fans. <laughs> anyway, uh, Man United to follow up uh, Mason Mount transfer, potentially with some more signings. Mason Mount is its just a matter of time till it's official now. We talked about that last week. 55 million plus five. Agreed with Chelsea, deal till 2028, I believe. And uh, who's next, Graham? Do you want to, uh, you know, we've, we've reported on this um, and you can see more on the goalkeeping situation, which we'll also cover uh, on nightmin.com in the next few hours. And chances are, if you're listening to this pretty soon after it's released, that story will be out also. So it's a bit of a, is it a bit of a complex situation? United are targeting a striker, a goalkeeper, David De Gea is still there, out of contract, but, you know, who knows? Uh, plenty going on, and there's also a defensive midfielder, potentially, uh, on United's radar as well, but we'll come to him a little bit later on. Start from the top, Graham, and from the top of the pitch, Rasmus Hoyland. Yeah, he's emerging as, as the most likely target. I wouldn't say he was top of Ten Hag's list, so he hasn't been for much of the summer. He's a player they like. They're in talks, you know, they're a couple of sniffs, a couple of bids, what we've been told from it, rejected already. United won't go above, from what we've been told, Scott, they won't go above 50 million for him. Seems about the right price tag to me. Obviously, Atalanta were asking for 100 million at one point, even down to 80. I think there's very much a deal within sight here. It's not It's not too far off. Does look like he might be the only one, which we've discussed on previous pods, would be a huge worry if he's the only attacking target who comes in for United but yeah they do like him they've done the homework on him I, I still would keep half an eye on the Vlaovic situation you know we've, we've suggested before with Allegri now staying at Juventus the chance of him leaving are more likely now so I don't think we've seen the last of the Vlaovic link but Greg, do, do you think that the takeover hang up is hanging over this at all and like if I know it's been suggested that even if the Qatar bid wins that it doesn't necessarily mean the floodgates are open but as I've discussed recently, there is every chance that some kind of sponsorship deal could just be announced in, I, I don't know, like FFP United have been pointing to, but how much do you buy into that? What's the understanding? 
Yeah, I, I don't think it. I don't think it would have a huge difference on on what they could spend because it would have it, but it would enable them to spend more in the future, isn't it? Because it, it's from the previous twelve months anyway, isn't it? So even if you had a huge sponsorship deal now, it's not particularly impactful on the current market. But obviously, if you have a new billionaire owner, that is impactful on any market, as we see with Newcastle and and the like. So I think for the no, whole Eddie, club, uh, no, they, they don't spend money, Eddie Houses. Yeah, well, well, well the. the <laughs> we'll discuss Tonali further, but yeah, and see what they are doing. But yeah, they're being fairly um, careful with the with the budget so far. Um, as are United, you know, it, obviously every club has a budget to a certain extent, unless you are Chelsea or Man City. But yeah, um, this one is progressing, basically. So it's progressing. Um, they tested it what a couple of times. We know Atalanta what they want. I think this one will progress quite quickly in the next couple of weeks or so, Scott. We, the player wants to come. We already know that. We did a, that a few weeks ago. He's made it clear he wants to join. And, and it'll be interesting to see what happens to the squad cause, because as we talk about off-pod, Scott, I think the Mason Greenwood situation is going to come up. And it's it, from what we're hearing, it's looking more and more likely where he might be reintegrated back into the squad at some point. There's an investigation going on. We don't know, but... Mason Greenwood, there's a lot more chat about Mason Greenwood coming out from the club. The club aren't dismissing it. So I think if it ends up being Hoyland and Greenwood, that wouldn't surprise me. Of course, everybody knows the situation uh, with Mason Greenwood. Uh, has not played football for 18 months. Is it necessarily, talking from a football perspective, is that necessarily him slotting back in and playing as well as he we know his potential was? Uh, before all this happened uh, straight away. You know, um, United have a decision to make on that. Obviously, they also make have a decision to make on a goalkeeper. As you can read on nightman.com, Andre Onana is the one that they've been looking at. Is it fair to call him the top choice for Eriton Hargrim? I think so, yeah. I think he, he's made that decision quite quickly in recent weeks. You know, United have done the homework even before this whole De Gea situation. They were doing the homework on keepers anyway. We know they're watching Diego Costa um, back in September time, wasn't it, Scott? Something like that. They've been doing the homework on a lot of keepers. They are well versed. David Rear at Brentford was someone they've looked at. But Onana is a keeper that Ten Hag likes a lot. He is available. His end of season form has upped his price a little bit because when when Inter were in, they were in England a few months ago, and we reported on this, they were offering their players around because they do need some money in. Skriniar has gone to PSG on a free, so not getting any money in there. And and Nonana was being offered around for about forty million. Now we're looking around sixty million euro. That's all Brozovic as well, right? So yeah, they're just luckily, yeah, that's it's, it's always a good way of getting money, isn't it? Selling a player to Saudi, so that's come come about. He's gone to Al Nassar in the last few days, so that might help United, you know, in this terms. I I think they'll come to agreement around fifty million euro. I think that'll happen. Onana, we have heard, has uh, attracted interest from Saudi, but he's not interested. Onana wants this to happen as well, Scott. De Gea's obviously looks if he's going to leave now. I think he's only hanging around in case um, United need him. But I think he's, you know, I think you can tell the class of De Gea where he's not coming out and criticising the club at all. So I think at least one end of that deal has been held up in terms of treating each other with mutual respect. At least one of them's held that at their end of the agreement up. Um, Onana, yeah, I think I think Hoyland and Onana, Scott, might be... Yeah, do you think, these, these, deals, do you think these deals are conditional on each other and how United managed to... How much United managed to spend on, say, Hoyland up front Will that dictate how much they can spend on Onana up front? Is it 
are they playing yeah. safe? A little, a little bit, but obviously neither neither are um, release clauses. So they're both open. So that's what's taking the time, really. It's neither release clauses, which is a good thing. You can pay installments. I think these two get done no matter what happens with United squad in terms of Maguire, Wan-Bissaka, McTominay, Fred. I think these two get done anyway. And obviously we'll talk about other targets that I think might be a bit more dependent on what happens with the rest of the squad. But I know I think these two get done, Scott. Uh, just a couple of notes on some other goalkeepers. Uh, Justin Bijlow from Feyenoord. There is De Gea we talked about already. Dean Henderson's also turned up for preseason training. Graham. Well, he has to. He's contracted to, isn't he? That's the thing. Um, um, he said last year, I don't want to go back. No. Um, send me away. Yeah, but you, you, sometimes you just got to do as you're told, don't you? He's, he's under contract. He's going back there. He, he's... He's to have to have someone to shoot at in training, I guess. There's <laughs> not many in there now. Is it Kivar is in there as well, the young the young Czech goalkeeper? So there's not Tom many options as well. Great. Oh yeah, because he was not allowed to leave, was he? So um, yeah, Henderson, uh, the deal's in place so far, so it's a matter of time before he goes there. So I think he's um, yeah, just um, doing as he's told before he gets his move back to the city ground. Yes, uh, we mentioned there about difficulties and like maybe expecting Andre Onana and potentially Rasmus Holland to be the two next names coming in through the door in whichever order. Um, and then conditional or other deals on top of that might be conditional on how they manage to shift players. They've already sold Zidane Iqbal and Ethan Laird for under 1.5 million, I would say. Uh, both players go in for under a million each and in total that's not much going back into the transfer budget. Uh, Sean, you wrote a story on Sofian Amrabat. Can you explain how Man United fit into this mix along with Barcelona and Atletico Madrid? Mm. So Amrabat obviously broke out into the scene at the World Cup, was one of the the stars of the World Cup, led Morocco to the semi-finals. Um, I actually thought Toby, he was quite impressive in the in the Conference League final. I thought he had a really good game and it's definitely not his fault that Fiorentina lost that game. Um, been linked with a move away for years now. Needed came close to joining Spurs in January 2022, I believe it was, before they settled on Benson Kor and Kuluzewski. He is available for £30 million. Atletico Madrid have agreed personal terms, but have not agreed a fee. And Fiorentina are very open. They're very open to saying that he can go, but they've got to match the price. Atletico have not yet done that. So, the chances there for Man United to go in and to pick up that that feels like a steal in this market i would say you know there's players twice as good as amrabat going for three four, four times the sum but it's like if you want someone who can come in he's in the prime of his career he's 26 he's got huge experience on the european level on a world level that is a really interesting deal i think he could fit in a different he also ticks the box on of having yes. worked with Ken Hag before that, that, that <laughs> <laughs> there you go it's perfectly that's where united come into this you know so Ten Hag loves working with a player again uh, just a question. I'm, I know the answer to this. I'm just asking you. Um, is Sofian Amrabat one of those players who wanted to join Barcelona, but Barcelona told him to wait and wait and wait and has just decided, oh, maybe I'll go somewhere else, potentially? Barcelona made a loan offer at the end of January window, so I don't know what exactly they thought was going to happen. But it's very cheeky of Barcelona again. A number of cheeky things that Barcelona have done since Laporta came back, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Uh, Toby, general thoughts on... I, I, I gotta say, I was surprised. I thought Sofian Amrabat was older, twenty-six. Good age. He is a good as age. Sean, as Sean will find out. <laughs> yeah, good age. And as Sean yeah, says, he's going to be final next year. 
he was really good against West Ham in that Conference League final. Him and Bonaventura looked very impressive. It just shows you the value that you can still get buying players from continental Europe as well. 30 million for a player of his quality. If he was playing in the Premier League, you'd argue you'd be asking for double that, you'd have thought. So could be a really, really smart signing. And I think whoever picks Amrabat up, be it United being another big European club, they're going to have a player who is already top level. Uh, and being 26, he's got at least another five, six, seven years in him, as long as he stays injury free to, to continue improving. So an interesting target for United as well, because I think he would add a little bit more steel into that midfield and you wouldn't have to rely so much on Casemiro, who we know has got a bit of an appalling disciplinary record um, and would offer a bit more fight, I would say, for Ten Hag, which is maybe the one thing that's missing in that United midfield. Well, you guys know that I've been banging on about this and the fact that Casemiro isn't there and they don't have a replacement for him. Uh, when he gets suspended or injured, and he's going to get probably more injured as he gets older, it, unless he learns the the rules in England, he's probably going to get suspended a lot more as well. Uh, so I think, yeah, you can play him as a replacement for Casemiro. You can probably play him alongside Casemiro in bigger games where you need a little bit more steel. And uh makes sense to me, but might be conditional on United selling a few players first. We'll talk about selling players United side anyway perhaps on future episodes, but let's talk about Arsenal selling a player. Uh, Graham, I'm going to come to you. Granite Xhaka, finally happening. Yeah, it's taken a few weeks. He's um, it's, it's getting over the line now, 25 million. Arsenal quite happy with the fee. Player out of contract, he didn't want to sign a new one. So yeah, it's part of their process. Probably isn't the last midfielder they're getting rid of. This Thomas Party stuff is still interesting. They're still keen to move him on. Arsenal... They're not moving from midfielders, but I still believe they'll bring another midfielder in, as I said last time. But I think that'll be dependent on Thomas Party whether he stays or goes. And obviously, we discussed Georgina as well. But and um, and Declan Rice <laughs> that takes on to Declan Rice doesn't done yet. They're still um, talking over the dates of when these payments need to be made. And Arsenal have agreed to what they need to pay. Um, most of it is agreed as to when. It's just a little bit on the side that needs sorting out. So um, this could be done any day. Um, the two clubs are just having a bit of fun, it seems, at our expense. Um, one thing's for certain, David Sullivan is not budging one iota, is he, Graham? He is sticking to his guns and he's determined to walk away with a deal that he's happy with. Yeah, he, want, he wants he wants his payments properly so he can spend the money. And um, yeah, we, we, are, we are close, but yeah, um, even on these little bits... Um, David Sullivan's not going to give anything, and um, at the moment, Arsenal aren't either. But yeah, we are, we are close, and, and I think the player is he's not quite getting frustrated yet, but he wants it done and dusted as soon as possible. Uh, fair to suggest Yuri and Timber is a little bit less complicated. Yeah, um, I'm I'm surprised it hasn't been announced yet. Actually, Scott, to be honest, I thought this one would be. It was agreed. Well, everything was agreed over the weekend. We know the fee. We know his wages. His contracts, we know everything. Um, we just haven't seen him in a national shirt yet. It's anything lacking from this deal. Yes, indeed. What about new contracts, Graham? There are two players in line to have their contracts confirmed very soon. Yeah, Reese Nelson. It's is the most surprising one, William Saliba. Um, discussed on the show previously. When we when he when he rejected the previous deals, it it wasn't with Saliba, it wasn't a case of that he was rejecting it to then 
hawk himself around Europe looking for Real or Barca or whoever it may be. He just wanted to be recognised as one of the best young defenders in world football, which is what he is. And and so he wanted to stay with Arsenal. He just wanted them to reward him. And they've agreed with him. They've come back to him, sorted out. And that deal will be finalised, is finalised already. Just need to announce it, which will be this week. We understand what we're being told. And Reese Nelson, the young winger, um, has decided to stay put. Um, he has the offer. Surprises me, really. Yeah, um, I was going to say, surprises me too. Um, sometimes it's, you know, he, he's obviously, I think he's probably going to give himself another 12 months um, to try and make the big breakthrough. He, he was given chances in a lot of the games. He was like a super sub at one point, wasn't he? And, he and did we'll score see. that one goal against Bournemouth where everyone celebrated like they won the league and it was like January, February. Yeah, um, and he almost nice. did it. He almost did it. It was at Southampton where he almost, he almost came up trumps again. Um, so yeah, he's he. I think he's going to stay for another year. Give himself a chance. The, the contract is more than a year. It's you know, but I think if he's still not happy in a year's time, we will see him moved on. But he he thinks it can make an impact. So good luck to him. The cynic in me says that Arsenal don't really have any intention of giving him more first team football, and it's value preservation. They didn't want to lose a player of his caliber for free. A four-year deal if he sticks it out for another 12 months, as you just said, Graham, and they look to sell him after that. They've got three years' worth of money to ask for. And he wouldn't be short of suitors, would he? He did well in his loan spells, um, particularly at Hoffenheim. He he did well there. I'm just surprised that he's not looking at Arsenal's summer business and thinking, I'm not going to get a shot here. Similar to Eddie Nketiah, I was amazed when he signed a new five-year deal and Look how his season turned out. Give or take six weeks of covering for Jesus, he wasn't really in the picture, was he? And I, I can see the same happening with Nelson. Yeah, he, I think Ketit, he had his chances, didn't perform, but he still there is the, is the backup striker. Um, Balogun's an interesting one, obviously, where he, unlike Nelson, won't be signing a new deal and Flo Balogun will be moving it at some point this summer. Um, Q's queuing up for him, team's queuing up for him as well. So he'll be an interesting one that we'll be discussing a lot more during the summer. What about across North London with the Spurs man? There is a new Spurs man on the verge of being announced. Spurs man. Mm. <laughs> about bloody time, you know. Haven't had a transfer in, what, five, six days now? Get in there. Okay, so Mano Solomon, that deal seems to be agreed. Graham, we've been looking at this one for a while because we haven't been sure whether that fits in with your wafers rules regarding Shakhtar's players with the war over there. What's, what's the update on that? Yeah, Shatter threatening legal action. They're not happy with it. It's it's such a complicated situation where you know FIFA know they can't force players to play in a war zone. Shakhtar are not happy. They want more. I, I think they'll probably come to a compromise here. But FIFA and UEFA, whilst the the war is ongoing, they need to just come up with some sort of solution. They think this is it. But it, it it's a bit it's a bit messy when Shakhtar aren't happy about it. You know. Um, but can you get a full transfer fee for players refusing to play? It, it it really is a horrible one, isn't it, guys? Like I don't see an easy way around it. Um, you know, Shakhtar want the full value. He's moving on a free. The player's given his notice. So, yeah, Spurs are to take him, take him in Fulham's grasp um, after he impressed last season. So, uh, yeah, uh, Tottenham have done this, knowing or believing Sean fully that they will get permission to register him. Yeah. Uh, it, you'd hope so anyway, because Tottenham play Shakhtar in a friendly for um, Ukraine <laughs> um, before the start of the season. And then also centre-back situation. It looks like a deal is progressing with Mickey van der Ven. Um, 
I we reported previously that looking at Edmund Tapsaba of Bayer Leverkusen as well. I preferred Tapsaba over Van der Ven, but I think if you're looking at it from a profile standpoint, you know, Van der Ven is six four, six five. He is rapid. He has the makings. He's the kind of like the raw attributes of a top centre back. He just hasn't really put them all together yet. He's still uncapped by the Netherlands. He was in their preliminary squad for the World Cup. Didn't quite make it. He's played a lot as a left back as well, which might help. And in a lot of the clips that I have watched of him, of the times that I have seen him, there is a lot of Jan Vertonghen carrying the ball up the pitch about him. So I do kind of see the fascination with that. Is he going to be first choice, Sean? I really don't know. There's a lot of these signs. Like Solomon, I don't think he's going to come in and play much, but he'll be a handy squad option. Van der Ven, you presume that if Ange Postacoglu is looking towards the future, he'll just give him the time to bed in. But I don't know. It seems like there's only one guaranteed starter. It's Romero. Who's going to be next to him? You know, you could make the case that you put Dyer in there for continuity and for a bit of senior leadership. If Longley were to rejoin the permanent transfer, maybe he has a lot of a case as well. Um, this does seem to be interesting. Tosin Adaraboyo of Fulham. I don't think that he'll come in and be a first choice, but if they want to persist with a long-term project, it does feel like Van der Ven will be a starter. But this is what I keep saying. I think there's going to be a lot of calamitous defending from Spurs next season, but it's one of those things where if you are building towards a new style, a new philosophy after four or five years of playing backwards football, that you're going to have to get used to it. You're going to have to kind of firm it in the way that Man United did last season, Scott. You know, we were there on the second day of the season. We thought that this might be the end, but you got through it. It's just you have to kind of accept that that's going to happen sometimes, these failures building up from the back. Yes, indeed. You do need a lot of money to make it happen instantaneously and there's as much money as there is in the Premier League it's not always possible unless you're Chelsea uh, for example you can just do it all in one year uh, Graham uh, there is a Celtic player who will not be joining Tottenham however do you care to take over can you go for a hash yeah he will not be coming he signed his new deal at Celtic four year deal I think it was um, which is uh, good news for Celtic fans um, they just lost Jota 24 hours earlier to Al Itahad in Saudi, so um, keeping one of the stars, but lost another. So yeah, not a, not a bad twenty four hours for so because for Hashi obviously was strongly linked with Tottenham, um, which is a maybe a clear sign for Sean that Harry Kane definitely isn't leaving. The fact that for Hashi has had word that he won't be going to Tottenham, so yeah, um, not a bad little uh, option. Um, but yeah, very very good deal for Celtic. I'm going to throw in one of Graham's all time favourite talking transfers players. Ben Brereton Diaz, a sign for Villarreal. I'm looking at pictures of it. Finally, Graham, he lands. Or Toby, it seems like you want to talk. Just guys, that's one of football's worst kept secrets, that, isn't it? I think we knew in January that Brereton Diaz was going to go there. Um, we've just had to wait six months for the confirmation. Well, they well, did he, signed, want... he signed his pre-contract, didn't he, Tessie? Ah, Well, that's, that's how we knew about it then. But he did want half of the Premier League, or half of the Premier League were interested in him at the time, weren't they? Although, did he fade towards the back end of the season as Blackburn started to struggle a little bit? I think he did a little, he, didn't he? He got injured a bit, but um, it's it's a, the championship is becoming a bit of a, um, a talent pool for the foreign guys because Victor Gaikares, who arguably the best striker in the championship last season, he's going to be heading abroad as well. Looks like Sporting Lisbon, very close to getting him done. So. Really interesting that um, that these foreign clubs can't afford the Premier League anymore, so they haven't got in the Championship. But some very good players in the Championship, as Graham will attest. Uh, let's move to Chelsea, who will be we're in the middle of their summer fire sale. It was completely necessary and needed to happen. 
Let's start with Graham Christian Pilisic, who is... God, remember when they signed him? And we thought, oh, wow, that's an, that's an interesting signing. Good few years ago. Uh, they announced that like February, I'm pretty sure they did. And it's just not worked out for him, has it? But where where might he end up? He's been a long-term target for, for Milan. Interesting if they're around him as well, Juventus. I think Serie A has always been somewhere he wanted to go. Uh, Milan, Milan are keen. Leon have come in for him as well. It seems the player's preference is is to go to Italy, but it's getting this deal done. You know, it's going to take either a fee, and if it's a fee, then Chelsea have to subsidise his wages. He's on over two hundred thousand pound a week. He's on a lot of money. He really is. It was that's what hampered his. He was linked to Newcastle last summer, so he wants a fresh start. I think the the Milan thing's interesting as well because he has a Croatian passport. They don't, he doesn't register as a non-EU player, which I think is a big thing for them because they've filled those slots up now, I believe, with Loftus-Cheek and Tamuri. So that is a big thing for Milan. They need to be careful of that situation. Um, a reason they won't be going for Chukwuezu, we don't think. Although I think some of these design clubs have ways and means around some of these players. <laughs> nice buns. Soft, fluffy and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread. With incredible taste and texture, Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Um, yeah, so Pulisic, he wants out. He's obviously had had a talk with with Poch. Doesn't look as if he's going to um, stay around. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the way the deal is done, Scott. It's, it's not easy to get these players out when they're not going to Saudi for other European clubs to sign these players at Chelsea and and other Premier League club clubs. It's really difficult. Either Chelsea going to have to take a hit on the fee, or they're going to have to pay some of his wages. Yeah, I Toby, I tweeted last week as Newcastle. Was it last week? Maybe even yeah, it was last week or the week before when uh, Newcastle's deal for Sandro Tonali was becoming clear. How sad it was that one of Italy's biggest, most storied clubs was selling one of their best aged, you know, best young assets to a club that I know it finished in the top four, but traditionally they're not they're in the, not even in the big six, for example. And now you have Milan who are picking up Tamori, Loftus Cheek, Christian Pulisic. Chelsea cast-offs, essentially. It's a shame, isn't it? The world. Yeah, the dynamic has shifted in football into the same, into need to raise money. So they've got to sell their best players and they're likely going to be coming to the Premier League. Um, Tenali, I think, hasn't actually achieved what I thought he was going to over the last couple of years. I thought he was going to be outstanding, but he's he's been good for Milan, but I don't think he's actually set the world alight. Um a lot of Milan fans actually argue that Ismail Benazir is a better central midfielder than Tonali, whether or not that's the case. I don't watch enough of Milan to confirm, but it is a shame that they're picking up 
players who can't get a game in the Premier League, and that's kind of the level that they're operating at. Um, Christian Pulisic is actually an interesting one. Is he guaranteed to start at Milan? Because he likes to play on the left, and that's obviously where Laf- Rafa Leal specialises. Apparently, and apparently been looking, at him, looking at him as a number 10, apparently. Yeah, Brahim Diaz has gone back, hasn't he? So. Yeah, looking at him as a number 10, which I think is, could be quite... He, he, looked, he played there he now good in the World Cup, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think he'd be a good number 10, which is why they're still looking at Chukwezu and other, other right-sided players. I think they'll bring a right-sided player as well. I think it does mean the curtains for Charles de Catalou. I was just about to say that. He cost a lot of money, didn't he? When he joined lead, from lead stream, Yeah, so I think um, it'd be interesting what keep an eye on. I think um, we're out of Premier League long term. Yeah, if you ask 90 Min's Jack Gallagher, Charles de Catalou was probably the worst player in Serie A last season. Didn't or score in those lines. Didn't score in 32 Serie A games, which for a number 10 is not great, is it? Yeah. Sean, can you pick up, I'm putting you on the spot, Romelu Lukaku? Are you aware of what's happening? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, I'll come to you instead. Are you aware of what's happening with Romelu Lukaku? <laughs> I am, yeah. I am, yes. Um, so There's a lot going on in the window. But it, it, I, think, I think you probably could have, could, you could have blagged that, Scott, that one, Sean, because it's just talk continuing. All three, all three sides want this to happen. Um, Romelu Lukaku has rejected Saudi. He's told Chelsea he wants to go back to Inter. He's also there is links with Milan and stuff. He just he only wants to play for Inter. Inter want him back. They appreciate him. They like him a lot. Chelsea, you know, the, the, there was that little um, dummy, wasn't it, saying, "Oh well, we might we might bring him back." We knew you were never bring him back, no matter what. So so they can do that. So basically, Chelsea would like him off the books permanently. He's on a lot of money, huge wages. So he's willing to take a wage drop, but Inter would still rather do a loan with an obligation, maybe mandatory purchase. They're just hammering away at what type of deal it's going to be. Romelu Lukaku will be an Inter Milan player next year. It's just what guys, what guys is it? Is he, is it another loan? And what type of loan? Or is it permanent? Chelsea take a big um, suction of wages because I think um, Chelsea still owe money. And so it's, it's this deal's really complicated. So it, funny it, that is. That yeah, is it's so, so this the whole deal is so complicated by that. But yeah, it's fair to say. But all sides are confident this will get done within a few weeks. So yeah, it, it's it's edging closer to completion. We just don't know the makeup of it yet. Inter really need him, don't they? Edin Dzeko joined Fenerbahce, I believe, on a two-year deal. So. The reunion of Martinez and Lukaku as into starting duo if Lautaro doesn't Unless leave Chelsea himself. Unless Chelsea take Martinez. Yeah, I, th- I think, I think the, the number nine, I think the number nine market, I said this to Scott maybe last, last week, that that hasn't really triggered yet the number nine market. And I think we spoke about Vlaovic earlier. Vlaovic, um, Osimhen still, you know, I think he's Tass Simon Street to Nigeria the other day. I'm not literally, but on, online. Um, it, it still hasn't got going yet where there's a lot of number nines available for the right price. Lauturo, Vlaovic, Osimhen. There's a good chance all three, all three of them could still move. I don't. I think Sean's happy knowing that his number nine isn't moving and isn't likely to. But still, a lot going on in this number nine market. Sean, there is a question I did want to ask you on Chelsea. How did Mauricio Pochettino saying, "Well, Chelsea have been the best club in England in the last twelve to fifteen years," make you feel yesterday? <laughs> I was fine with it because 
what's he going to say? There's been, a huge <laughs> there's been a huge meltdown on Spurs Twitter, the part of it that's working anyway, where it's like, oh, that's the final straw for me. It's like, what do you think he was going to say? Just because Conte came in and said, oh, it'd, been, it'd have been worse if he said like, Tottenham were the best team. If he said Tottenham were the best team last 10 years, it'd been even worse. Wouldn't it? What was he going to say? Oh, yeah, I would have come back if Levy rang me up, but he didn't. So I guess we're stuck together now. It's like, what do you think was going to happen? It's just it's nonsensical. <laughs> it did, obviously, it was a bit kind of. It's just strange, isn't it? You see him in the Chelsea gear, you see him rolling up at Cobham. It's very, it's very weird because till now, like that, he had said nothing. He had, he didn't do like an opening interview. He didn't pose with pictures. He didn't post anything on Instagram. He was just posting pictures of his holiday and doing soccer raid. But yesterday was when it really kind of set in like, wow, he's actually at Chelsea. They might actually build something. But now I am kind of, I'm looking forward to the reunion, Ange versus Poch on, I think it's November 4th, something like that. Yeah. What? Well, just your just your feeling. Will Will, will Ange still be in charge for that game, Sean? I'm hopeful. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll, I think we're locked into it. <laughs> it's not. This is not a Nuno situation. I'm confident of that. Sean, <laughs> sure, do you think on a looking at Chelsea, just your thoughts? Like, I think there's three players left there now that started the 2021 mm. Champions League final. Very much a new page, knowing what you know about Pochettino. Knowing that the players that they have signed, I know, you, like last season, you can probably write it off. Really, you know, yeah. is this the kind of team that he would like to start with? I think you look at the core base of players. Um, you think there there are players that that he will really like. The problem is, like I've always kind of gone on about, is the continuity. But I guess this is just ripping everything up and starting again. It might take the whole season to really get going. I think you'll, you'll probably see a proper Poch team come December, the festive schedule, because his Spurs teams were always, they would rip through that schedule. They knew that by then they were up to to full fitness. They were ready to go. And I think that's when Chelsea will really get going. They might have to settle not getting top four immediately, but there is potential for them to be good right away, of course. Um, but it does feel like they're going in the right direction. This feels like way more of a everyone on the same pacing and the kind of Graham Potter experiment ever was so they also don't have like... europe which is yeah exactly yes they got four not weeks in the great round yeah not great when you're not qualifying for it but in season is actually quite yeah it's great for him to go in and to kind of implement their pressing system you think that the amount of rest those guys are going to get especially like the modern day football schedule how often these players work into the ground if chelsea are fit enough to keep going and hang around late in games which is a real feature of um, Poch's first Spurs teams, they would always score late winners, they would always outlast teams and land that final blow, then Chelsea can be good. I think they're still lacking in a couple of core areas, like I think they really need Caicedo to come in and partner Enzo if they're going to be good, because I don't know how you replace the likes of Kante and Kovacic and Mount in one window otherwise, but I think Caicedo can do that. I'm still a bit nervy on their goalkeeper situation, I don't know if Kepa's good enough, but if he's a stopgap until a future option arrives in the market that's fine I'm not convinced Nicholas Jackson can provide the goals they need but this is the story of the Chelsea strikers in the transfer market isn't it they get the player they think is the obvious fit and it's never the obvious fit but it does maybe Nkunku can carry that load because that is a player I really like and I think Pochettino will like uh, Graham oh sorry go on Tob go for it just looking at Chelsea's midfield very quickly are they now going to be light in central midfield what a bizarre thing to say given the size of their squad. But once Mason Mount goes out the door, there's a lot of talk over Conor Gallagher's future. Senior central midfielders, Enzo Fernandez, Andre Santos. Who else am I not thinking of here? Oh, they're or banking is, on that. Is, Mecca. 
Yeah, but but then the Chelsea aren't finished yet. You know, I think Caicedo, it seems just in firm favourites to get him at this moment in time. Um, but yeah, Andre Santos is a really, I said, I'm fascinated by this guy. I think he's going to be something special. So am I, actually. Um, yeah. they, they, they think something special there as well. And you wouldn't rule out some, them doing a few other bits. And Gall- Gallagher's one who um, he thought he was on the way, but I think he's going to have talks with uh, Gall- with uh, Pochettino if he's in the mix. He'll play. And I st- I'm still I'm I'm not convinced that Nicholas Jackson is to start in number nine whatsoever. I'm I'd be amazed if by the end of August they haven't signed one of the big number nines on the market. I'd be amazed. Is there a world where none of these number nines move? <laughs> We've been talking about it for two months, but could Kane? Osman, Vlahovic, all of these guys just not go anywhere, and it's, it's actually delayed moves. until next summer. Possibly, obviously, we obviously, obviously the Real Madrid and Mbappe situation as well, so we don't know what they're going to do. I, I, I think Chelsea signed one of them. I think Chelsea signed Vlahovic, Martinez, Osman. One, one of those three will be at Chelsea, in my opinion. Graham, uh, you mentioned Conor Gallagher. Toby mentioned Conor Gallagher as well. Trevor Chalobah. And Conor Gallagher on the agenda of Newcastle United. Fair, yeah, yeah. But Conor Gallagher is a player they've always liked to try to sign him last summer. He's, he's a player Dan Ashworth likes. They always have the looking at options. Could they even get him on loan? That sort of thing. So Gallagher's an interesting one. Half the Premier League want Conor Gallagher for good reason. Um, we'll see. I don't think Chelsea know what they're doing with him yet. Really, you know, we know Brighton wanted him. Palace want him back. West Ham being linked. A lot, a lot of teams like him. Even Liverpool look so really fascinated to see what happens with Gallagher. I think his talks with Potts will be key to that. Chalabar is someone who has been sort of told, sort of told he can leave. You know, he knows he's not in the picture. Um, and there's a lot of interest in parties. He had a lot of interest abroad as well. But he's one who Newcastle have taken interest in. Newcastle's centre-half situation is interesting. They're in this situation where they do want a right-sided centre-half. But they're almost in a quandary. Do you bring one in, a, a big name, to replace Shah? Or do you bring someone in like Chalabar, who don't think any of us wouldn't imagine he would start, but he's a very good backup and someone who, within 18 months, could probably start ahead of him? Do they go down that avenue? Um, it's something they are looking at. What about, well, New, Newcastle signed Sandra Tonali. What mm-hmm. about Saudi Arabia and Alan Saint Maximan, who Graham, like, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you may know that Graham is not a fan of the lack of end product that comes from Alan Saint Maximan. Is that yes. a fair uh, assessment? Yeah, it loves uh, a yeah. Dama Very interesting. <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think if you um, I think in terms of effort wise, I think the two are very different in terms of having watched them both closely. Um, the effort on both their parts. I think San Maximum is someone who, during Newcastle's dark days under Steve Bruce, he was the shining light. He clearly was, but that was his level. Newcastle are now top four, and and that's not Alan San Maximum's level. And and I think Newcastle know this. Um, your bit of piece should be should be live um, by the time you hear this. That yeah, he is an option for Saudi Arabia. Um, they are looking at him. He's not going to get a new contract at Newcastle because he's still got I think twenty twenty six. I think his contract is. He signed a huge deal when he arrived, and he wanted a new deal. He's not going to get one. Last season showed he, he didn't. I think he started about a dozen games. He's not in. He's not in Eddie Howe's plans to start games regularly. And Newcastle are missing this. They want a left-sided forward. They were looking at a number 10. They do lack this player in the squad. 
who can break defences down. Almiron showed it in fits and starts last season. What about he's Anthony re- Gordon? He's having a stormer. Yeah, but he's Madden's more one level. More, he's yeah, but he's playing more as a forward. Um, which I think it, we might see him as uh, ideally on the right side, Newcastle front three, or as a forward. I think I think he will get game time. That's where they see him on that side, which is why we're not really seeing Newcastle into his right-sided players anymore, Scott, you know, the Moussa Diabies. I think they do see a pathway for Gordon there, but they're looking at the left side and number 10, and they're they missing this player, but they've let, allowed Madison to go to Tottenham. Zobber's lives are played alike, but they were never going to pay what Liverpool did for him. So it's really interesting what Newcastle are up to. And that's why the Gallagher, going back to Gallagher, I think would be a decent fit for them and they are keen on him. Newcastle are looking around at a lot. Of the, the, obviously, when Newcastle come calling, there is a tax being paid on this. And, and they are very reluctant to pay this Newcastle tax, as it is. And, and they'd argue Tenal if he didn't pay it to Milan. And yeah, 50 million, so no, they probably didn't pay it. Um, 50, 60 million. So... It's really fascinating to see how we're going. Newcastle are going to be busy, but I think they'll be going right to the end of the window to try and negotiate the best deals because they don't want to be ripped, as they say, ripped off on any deals. So, so I think they will help raise money for FFP and for future Scott by. I think Sam Maxman could be one who goes before the end of the window. I and mean, then they've got a lot of squad players. In Newcastle. We think when we think Newcastle, we don't think of a, a really deep squad, do we? But they've got a load of players in the background. You know, um, who, who were there who, from the days where they were fighting yeah. at the bottom of the league? Man, Manquillo, Manquillo, and players like that. You know, Paul Dummett, um, Sean Longstaff. I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily put in that category because he'd made a good contribution last season. But they've got a good four or five players there who want decent money who they really need to get rid of. They had a surplus of players, didn't they? That went beyond the twenty-five player Premier League squad. They had to leave out the likes of Kieran Clark and a few others. So yeah, shows the, they've got bodies in, and they're not on poor money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, Toby. And you look at like if you look at their their squad list, it's it's huge, you know. I think Isaac Hayden's even come back to them, you know. They've got Sean um Carl Darlow there, Emil Kraft, Jamal Lewis, Matt Ritchie. <laughs> it's a it's it's a long, long list without much quality on it. And and there's a lot of these players who they would like to move on. And but again, not not always easy as we've seen in the market high up, um trying to get some championship clubs because these are championship players we're talking about. Trying to get championship players to take these players is not always easy. Uh, Toby or Graham, who has the latest on Wilfred Zaha? Weighing his options up is basically the gist of it. He's now out of contract at Crystal Palace. Um, There's a four-year offer on the table from Palace to renew. Um, But Wilfred Zaha has for a long time been considering what he wants to do. We know his ambitions are to play Champions League football. He feels like he's good enough to do that. He's had interest from Marseille, Lazio, also Saudi Arabia. He's had a huge offer tabled to him from there. But as of yet, he's not committed to anything. So he's technically a free agent. And over the last couple of days, he's invested in a in a football club with Stormzy, hasn't he? I think Croydon. I don't know if he's majority owner. If it's oh, just yeah, Croydon Athletic. So you would think that that might suggest that Zaha is not planning to move too far away or whether or not he's going to West be... Ham? You think, he's mean, gonna be that, you think he's going to be that hands-on at Croydon, Toby? No, but you want... Because he's very much a part of the community, isn't he, Zaha? I think that's been one of the things with him at Palace is that he's a local lad. He is revered in that part of the world. They love him. And I know that he's done a lot for grassroots football in South London. So the fact that he's invested in that project would suggest to me that he's not going to be jet-setting millions of miles away to Saudi Arabia at the very least. Um West Ham, Scott, I think that's kind of his level 
actually, I think Zaha should be aspiring to play for a team knocking on the door of Europa League football each and every season. I don't know whether or not he's good enough to play above that. But hey, Marseille and Lazio shouldn't be sniffed at. They're too good alternatives for him. He's just yet to make a decision about what he's going to do. That Lazio link is interesting, do you not think? Because Sari, you know, he's so kind of almost rigid in his ways. He has the set players. He has these kind of circuit systems, but he almost always gives one player like total control to do what they want. At Chelsea, that was Hazard. I do wonder if part of that pitch is, do you want to come and be our Hazard? And I wonder if he could, I think that he could probably do that in Serie A. I, I think Marseille is interesting. I, really do. I, think, I think, you know, with being Ivorian as he is, the French link down there, I think you know, Dimitri Payet being there, sort of love, the lover player of that ilk down there. Um, Champions League football, I think Marseille would suit him down the ground. I really do. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's talk. Obviously, Zaha has a, an option from Saudi Arabia. Another man who has taken up an option from Saudi Arabia is Steven Gerrard, and he would like to raid his old stomping grounds, in a sense, uh, for some players to come with him, Graham. Yeah, he's um, he's been persuaded to move to Al Atifak, um, one of the non-PIF teams, because we don't really talk about them too much. But um, yeah, they've got the big managers who are done. There's a lot of other managers who are trying to be attractive. We've seen Marco Silva turn them down. Um, Allegri's turned them down, we believe. But um, Le Petitieu's been approached. So I think we'll see a few more managers go um, in the coming weeks as well. Yeah, um, he's looking around, see what's another. Coutinho, who we knew was a player anyway, that Saudi Arabia wanted. He's, I think he's top of the list, and he's he's got Saudi Arabian League written all over him, hasn't he, really? Coutinho, he was one of the first who we thought of. Interestingly, that um, John Henderson, the Liverpool captain, um, is one they're looking at who I think would be an excellent signing for him, but I do wonder whether he's got the European Championships in mind. And... There's very little chance that Gareth Southgate doesn't take him. So I think that's probably, and it's probably a move that can come in 12 months' time for Jordan Henderson, probably. Um, we still assume the Saudis will be paying that money by then. So, yeah, I think I think that's one that will be waiting on. Um, Gino Vinaldum, um also being linked. And uh, James Tavernier, the Rangers captain. Lots of players out there for him. Um, I do wonder, Roberto Firmino hasn't penned, hasn't penned his deal yet. Um, for Al Ali, Al Ali, that one, yeah, the Mendy, the Mendy Club. We're getting quite expert, expert in some of these teams, aren't we? Um, I do wonder whether he makes a sneaky late bid to try and do that, but he'll be doing very well to beat Piff. But I'm told Al Atifaka, there's a lot of money behind them as well. They're trying to challenge the Piff teams, apparently. So it's going to be a fascinating rivalry there. Um, so, so we see Roberto or Stephen Gerrard's managerial qualities as being, you know, enough for Bobby Firmino to change his mind and move on um, that way. No. Who knows? I imagine I imagine Firmino regards Stephen Jarrett as some sort of hero. So um, I'll be surprised if we don't see a few um, players with Liverpool links or ex-Rangers. I, I, I don't know whether... Um, to, off the top of my head, I'm just thinking, actually, has Morelos found a new club, the, the ex-Rangers striker? Because he seems to me a perfect fit. I know James Tavernier is still at range, he's still captain, but Morelos is on a free transfer. Um, I didn't know whether he's sealed his move to Turkey. I know he was in talks with Turkey, but someone like that, uh, maybe as well. But I think Stephen Jared will be bringing quite a few players he knows um, to to Darman, I think, is the city. So it was El Atifak. I'm, le- I'm learning all the time, Scott. As, as we all are, there are two other players we would like to mention today. 
on the theme of Liverpool, they have announced the signing of Shabashlai uh, and paid his release clause. They have decided to do it, Dominic Shabashlai. Uh, you know, good age, lots of potential. If you play football manager, you'll have known of this lad for a long time already. Uh, that's Alexis McAllister and Shabas Lai, who both been added to that midfield, which needed a bit of a makeover, complaining a number of positions. That one's a few days old now, so we'll skip over that one. But uh, Toby, I'll come to you for the final story of the day and the latest on Manchester City's pursuit of a... If, if they sign this lad, football's just finished again, isn't it? The Premier League title is all but decided. If Manchester City gets Josko Gavardiol from RB Leipzig, we fully anticipate that they will. Player has finalised personal terms. Talks are progressing between the two clubs, but slowly, I think is how we should phrase it at this stage. City still confident they're going to get him. Leipzig uh, publicly declared that it would take 100 million euros plus add-ons to get Gavardio away from Leipzig. That's something we anticipate City will be prepared to do. Uh, it would just be the structure of the deal and when they're going to be paying certain amounts of money and by what date. But Gavardio, previously targeted by Chelsea, we thought he was going to be going to Stamford Bridge at one point before he signed a new deal in Germany. And by all accounts, he's going to be one of the best central defenders in world football um, in a few years' time. He's already one of the best in Europe and he's 22 I believe so. His ceiling is sky high and I think it's a big warning sign for the Premier League that City have won the treble and they've now brought Mateo Kovacic in. They're going to bring in another top-class centre-back. They're just going from strength to strength even though they've lost Ilkay Gundogan and could lose one or two others before the window's out. Uh, just a, I'm going to come to Sean on this. Just noticing that we've just talked about two RB Leipzig players. So that's Ibrahima Kanate, who was sold to Liverpool in the last year or so. They've also sold Upamecano to Bayern Munich for lots of money. Timo Werner to Chelsea for lots of money. Christopher Nkunku this year for lots of money, 52 million quid. Naby Keita a few years ago, 52 million quid. And Dominic Schaubeschlei for 60 million quid in the last few days. And now, 100 million of Gavardiol on top of that. That is exactly what their model was meant to be, right? Yeah, I thought you when you're going through that list, I thought you were going to say, "Oh, life doesn't actually get too much better after Leipzig." <laughs> I wasn't feeling well, the confidence in some of those names, you know. Well, so, so you know, maybe there's a bit of that. You know, you have that settled system there. It's almost a bit like Brighton's, a bit like Deluxe Brighton, maybe. Um, I was wondering that, but you look Red, at the, Red, Red, RB Red Brighton. Makes, Red, Red Bull makes some money. You, know, you, you wonder yeah. where Red Bull get all the money from for Formula One. They make some money out of football, don't they? They really Harlan from Salt. He's looking at Salzburg sales as well. They make some good money, Red Bull, mm. out of football. They really do. I was like, Lime is the one they've lost on the three, but apart from that, as you say, Scott, they make some staggering amounts of money. I think it's just the talent they've had go through their books as well, right? They've also had Tyler Adams. Uh, Sabitzer played for them at one point, Nordi Mikwele. They're all really good defenders, but I think to Sean's point, there's not a single one that's really pushed on yet to establish themselves as a top, top player. Werner's struggled, Cater's struggled, Pamakano hasn't had it all his own way at Bayern. He's been good for the most part, but was a little bit rocky. Canate struggled to get into Liverpool's team initially, started looking better, but he can drop the odd two out of ten performance. 
there's not one who's gone on to really get to the very top of the game yet. So you wonder if Sobosly is going to be that player. I don't think it will be in Kunku, but that's just... The best two performers feel like they've gone to other clubs first. Like Mane left Salzburg, went to Southampton, developed there more, then went to Liverpool. Haaland left Salzburg, went to Dortmund, then went to Man City. Yes, fair point. Absolutely fair point. You mentioned Nkunku there. I know that we've had the discussions, Graham, on previous podcasts about that night where we saw Rangers play against, or Nkunku play against Rangers in the last stage of the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know how Pochettino is going to use Nkunku at Chelsea yet, but I wanted to just, yeah, and feel free, you can bat me away here, go on the record and predict how many goals and assists Christopher Nkunku will score this season and, and assists this season in the Premier League specifically. What's a good season for him, given you have seen him? Start, if, he, if he starts more than a dozen games, that would be a good season for him. Um, I don't, you know, with with Raheem St- No, just with Raheem St- I don't see him fitting massively into that system. I don't, I don't think he's a massively hard worker from when I've seen him. I think if he'll be up against Nico Jackson to fill that reserve berth behind the main striker, because I think there will be a striker. Do you in. think he's a ten? I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure. I, he... I, I, I see him more. I thought he was more of a right of a three or left. Do we of think three, he's Mason personally. Mount replacement kind of? Well, it helps Possibly. that Mount and Havertz aren't going to be there because it's less people clogging up his space. If you're a Chelsea fan and listening to this, tell us. Um... But do we expect do we expect Poch to play a ten at, um, a ten at Chelsea? Because I don't. I think they'll I, play. I think he will. I think he'll play. A stir- I think he'll play a nine with two wide players, and then he's got Enzo, Caicedo, and um, Andrea Santos in the middle. I wouldn't rule out at this stage. Bearing in mind Chelsea haven't signed a number nine. If they don't, Nkunku p- could play centre forward. Scored 58 goals in the last two years for Leipzig. 35 the season before last, and he was a top scorer in the Bundesliga last year. Scored, all right, it was only 16 goals, but that came from 25 I games. Think, I think he, he clearly very, knows how to find the back of the net, yeah, doesn't he? He's very Raheem Sterling-ish. I think he will get goals and assists. I think he will. Um, do I, I, I'd say, Scott, I reckon Kunku Haim and Nico Jackson. Fair enough. I th- I'm thinking he's a good season for him would be a 10 and 10, but that's a good season for a lot of people nowadays, isn't it? 10 goals, 10 assists, especially if he's in, in the Premier League. But we'll see how that goes. Plenty going on. Uh, we'll work out how Pochettino sees his Chelsea team playing out in pre-season. He's now there, much to Sean's uh, sadness, I guess. Um, or maybe you're over it by now. Uh, the fact that Pochettino is in at Chelsea. But this has been another bumper talking transfers. Another 56 minutes, 56 and a half minutes. If you stuck with us for this long, thanks and congratulations. Uh, This has been Talking Transfers with Graham, Toby, Sean and myself, Scott. Please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders, at Toby underscore Cudworth, at Graham Bailey and at Sean DZ Walsh. We'll see you soon, everyone, for another Talking Transfers. We'll be back on Friday. Thanks.